Hello and welcome to the fourth podcast from the technology team at Cancer Research UK. I'm Graham and we've got a new presenter with us today. I'm Leanne. I'm a service designer at Cancer Research UK. We've started this podcast to tell the story of what we do at Cancer Research UK in the hope that other charities and people who are interested in technology will find it helpful or interesting to hear about our experiences. In this episode, we're going to be speaking to Chris Flood, who is the content and search lead in the technology team. Welcome, Chris. It's good to have you here. Cool. Cheers. Could you start off by telling us a bit about yourself, your background, um, how you got to your current role at Cancer Research UK? Uh, yeah, sure. So, so I'm Chris. Uh, I've been at Cancer Research UK for about three years now. And I was, I was brought on board to, I suppose, kind of set up content as a, as a practice area at CRUK. Before Cancer Research UK, man, I've, I've kind of been all over the place, really. Like My career started off working in children's book publishing. So I, I kind of um, did a bit of sub-editing of children's picture books and all that kind of stuff, which was cool. And then from there, I kind of moved on to academic publishing. And, and I eventually landed in, I suppose, kind of like learning and development publishing so so kind of old print um kind of L&D materials and, and kind of from there I took a bit of a segue through to e-learning and did a lot more digital stuff and then I figured out that's where my passion was so I spent a bit of time agency side um working for kind of like um I suppose like full service digital agency and yeah and then then kind of from there I've I've landed here three years ago and I've, I've been here ever since. So you're here to talk to us about the, our design principles. Yeah. Can you start by defining what we mean by design principles and why we came up with the ones we're using at CRUK? Yeah, so I suppose there's like there's a bunch of different definitions out there, and, and certainly like we haven't come up with our own definition of them, if you like. But but I think the one that I've seen that resonates with me with the most is the idea that it's it's kind of like the place where your culture meets your design process. So if you kind of think of a mix of like the way we do things around here and the things that are important to us when we deliver work and you kind of distill them into like a bit of a code of practice. Like, like in my mind, that's what I see as, as, as design principles. And kind of the reason we came up with them was probably about, I would say about 18 months ago now maybe, the digital and um, I, I kind of old IT technology teams merged to form a new technology directorate. And we had like a bunch of different ways of, of working and a bunch of different ways of, of doing stuff. And actually we felt that coming up with a common set of design principles together would be a good way for us to, I suppose, forge a new, a new identity for this new team we were creating. So can you tell us a bit about the process of creating them and who was involved? Yes. Yeah, so um, firstly, if, if people are really interested in the, the nuts and bolts of the process, there's, there's a post on our blog that goes into um, a bit more detail than I'm, I'm going to go into now. But obviously, we, we kind of had the context of the merger. And I guess off the back of that, like we had, I, I don't know how many teams we had in combined with DSX and, and Tech and Change, but like it felt like we had like about a hundred different teams and those a hundred different teams had about a hundred different kind of vision statements, mission statements and, 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 and kind of team charters of how they wanted to work. So actually what, what we wanted to do as part of the process is to kind of bring together all of those existing outputs. So rather than kind of reinvent the, the wheel, if you like, we wanted to, to kind of have a real sense of, of what we had at the moment and, and kind of see what, we, what also was out there in the wider industry and kind of put together a workshop that really helped us distill all of those things in, into a common ground and a, and a common set of principles that we shared. And the other thing we, we tried to do very hard in the workshop was to, I suppose, to kind of make sure that the design principles weren't self-evident, I guess. So like in my mind, like a good design principle needs to needs to help me make a decision. 
So you can't really have a design principle that says we will do good work because there's like no organization out there that will have a design principle that says we will do bad work, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So whereas something like we will be user-centric, actually there are some organizations out there that, that think actually what we're doing um, – you know, it's fulfilling a need in the market that doesn't exist yet, that, that's, or whatever it is, and actually they may be less drawn towards user-centricity than, than, than say, we are. Um, so it was really important we, we kind of flipped them on their head a little bit and, and made sure they were robust enough for us to make decisions with. In terms of kind of who was involved, so we, we worked really hard to make sure that everybody was involved. So we, we sent invites out to every single, every single team in, in part of our new combined directorate and made sure that people could send a representative representative from from every team there. So really that the whole thing about design principles is like they, they need to be something that people are brought into because if you're not brought into them you won't use them. And in my mind like the way to get people brought into them is to get them to have a sense of shared ownership in, in actually creating them and, and that was something that was um, was really important to us when we were putting them together. Just out of curiosity because I wasn't in the directorate mm -hmm. at the time uh, the design principles were originally implemented. Was there anything similar that we had before the design principles, or was it was it a little bit more of a grey area at that time? There was kind of stuff that was quite operational. Mm -hmm. I want to say. Okay. So, so I think probably what what we didn't have is a way of of, of kind of like combining that operational side with with the cultural side. Okay. I think we had we had I think we had principles in our head of how we wanted to work. Certainly in in, in the DSX and the digital side and we spent a lot of time looking towards people like GDS and the work yeah. that they do and, and all of that kind of stuff but we probably didn't have anything that crossed the whole director that was written down if that yeah. makes sense so yeah so it helped everyone to get on board with the same kind of thing cool. exactly can you give us some examples of the different principles that we're using at Cancer Research UK uh, maybe the ones that or one that you think is resonates with you the best or you find the most impactful maybe yeah so we've got We've got nine principles in total, um, and they're all up all up on our blog, like I say. Like, I, I figure um, it probably wouldn't be great radio for me to just read them all out <laughs> verbatim. But th there were kind of three that, that I think resonated with me the most. So the first one is we disagree without being disagreeable. And, and actually, I think what that means is that, that, that there's kind of sometimes this this idea that disagreement is bad and that conflict is bad. But actually, conflict is fine as long as it's it's done in the right way and, and you can disagree with somebody by, by being respectful um, but actually there are some times when you know you, you can disagree with somebody but a decision's already made, been made and you kind of need to get on board and just 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 do the thing and actually this principle is all about saying you know what we, we, if something happens that we disagree with we, we stand up and we, we stick to our guns and we, we'd be counted we're, we're counted on that but actually sometimes there's stuff that just needs to happen and, and we need to sometimes just get on board with that and I think kind of sometimes in the digital space there's a lot of people who are so caught up in the idea of like, you know, everything needs to be done perfectly. Everything needs to be a, a complete example of best practice. You, you sometimes miss some of the pragmatism that you need in, an, in a large organization like ours. So that that one to me was something that was, that was quite important. There's kind of another one, which is we work ethically, honestly, and deliver things that act in our users' best interests. And kind of for me, that there's like there's something there about about user needs and user centricity, which, which everybody's on board with. But I think I think there's also something there about actually that the ethical side of design. And, and, and I kind of think for me, like 2018 has been a pretty bad year for for digital and a pretty bad year for for kind of trust in technology and trust in the internet. 
and, and it kind of feels like um, the charity sector, certainly, that there's an opportunity for us to to speak up a bit more in this space and, and to kind of be a bit more of a an ethical voice for our users and, and start asking some of the more um, the questions about ethical design that, that perhaps other people aren't. So to me, this is quite exciting because it it lets us move into a space that that maybe there, I, I feel at least there's maybe a bit of a gap at the moment. Yeah, and then the, the, the last one I've kind of got on my, my top three list is just we work in the open. And, and that one for me is about being open and transparent about, you know, the things we deliver and the way we work and, and the challenges that come with that. And actually, I, the reason I thought I mentioned this one is actually I think this podcast is probably an example of doing that, right? Is, yeah. is that actually this podcast came about because we were like, one of our principles is we work in the open. How can we be more open, be more transparent and, and, and kind of share what we're doing? One of the things you, you've emphasized is that everyone in the directorate should have a shared ownership of the principles, and one of the challenges was um, getting everyone on board and making everyone away. So with that in mind, how did you go about communicating the design principles to the wider charity, and what were their reactions? Yeah, so I, I think there's, there's almost two aspects of it, right? There's getting everybody brought into it in technology, and then there's getting everybody brought into it in the in the wider charity. Okay. And I mean, what, what really helped with getting the, the technology director brought into it was um, the work that um, previous podcast alumni Anna Vienna did um, in, in kind of the, the tech strategy work that we're doing because actually she 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 was really great at, at kind of tying the design principles to to the strategy and actually using them as a, a mechanism to show people how we could we could kind of execute the strategy I think we we, we worked quite hard to try and um, try and bake them into the the kind of language that we use in conversation and, and also the, the the kind of briefs almost that we use when we're, we're kicking off spokes and projects and and all of that kind of stuff I, I I think kind of I think kind of for me my my kind of biggest win with these is is actually they're they're accepted as a mechanism to to challenge and ask questions now so you know like I, I've been in in kind of um in, in conversations with, with like people more senior than me and the director, and actually, if you say, "Oh well, you know that doesn't really fit in with the design principles that we've all agreed," yeah. you know they'll, they'll, they'll tend to kind of stop and, and, and listen. So they've been quite powerful for that, and I, I think having them as a mechanism for for kind of calling out behaviours that support the design principles and really rewarding people for that, and then also calling out behaviours that contradict those design principles is a really good way for getting for, for getting the, the, the kind of director on board. Yeah. I think probably where where we kind of send them outside of the director, generally, if I'm honest, a lot of the reactions have been kind of shrugs. So kind of like, so what? <laughs> you know, like, what, like, why should I care about this stuff? And I think when when you kind of start talking about like we we disagree without being disagreeable, you know, and people can see that actually that's a way of um, of helping them with their work and 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 helping make the the relationship between themselves and technology a bit smoother, people will listen. But I think really with all of this stuff, like the only way you really get people brought into them is by following them and by demonstrating the value of them. Yeah, I suppose. Mm. Yeah, showing them what so they can do. So you don't tell. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So given that we have a test and learn culture here in the technology team at COUK, how are you measuring whether or not they're working and how do you measure things like working ethically and working in the open? Um, and have you made any changes along the way? Uh, yeah, so th- so this is all. I, I kind of struggled a bit with, with this one because it's, it's a tough one, right? Like you can't. It's very hard to say like this design principle resulted in in like ten percent more conversions of this form, right? Or or this design principle because we're working ethically now we're getting like sued a lot less than we were because like that that stuff just doesn't really apply to us anyway, right? So 
I, I think kind of for me, there, there's the, the two things that the two things that I think I am starting to see a, a bit of their impact on are, are probably the the operating model work we're doing and also the, the recruitment stuff that we're doing as well. So we, we kind of we're trying to kind of tweak and revisit um, our operating model and the way we deliver work and and actually the the design principles have been called out regularly as a way of kind of shaping that. And, and actually we, we're trying to shape our operating model around our design principles, which perhaps wouldn't have happened kind of a year ago, right, where we probably would have just shaped our operating model around the mechanics of actually delivering work. And similarly, when we're, when we're recruiting people now, like the design principles are, um, are in the our recruitment pack and they're kind of flagged up front as something that is, is important to us. So if, if you want to work here, you, you kind of need to agree with, with these principles. Um, and actually kind of seeing... Um, the amount of kind of applications that we get through now where, where people are, are mentioning like this podcast and, and the blog and the principles as a reason of, of coming to want to want want to work here has been have been quite I suppose kind of quite encouraging for me. But but I think kind of the real the real I suppose kind of proper measure of these will be like if we have to make really tough decisions based on them. Like like I kind of feel so far because they're relatively new we haven't really had to make that many difficult decisions around the design principles. Like, I, I suppose kind of for me, there's if there's a, a situation that we're in where actually, you know, a, a campaign could hit its its revenue targets, but actually to do that, it would need to violate one of our design principles. Like, yeah. um, you know, maybe it would have to not do something that isn't in our user's best interest or whatever. Yeah, like, or maybe use like a dark UX pattern or exactly. something that maybe yeah. might lose trust over time. I mean, we get the income... Or meet a target in the short term, exactly. weighing yeah. it up. Yeah, yeah, and, and I think kind of for, for me, if if we're comfortable saying, you know what, we're not going to hit this target, and the reason we're not going to hit this mm. short term income target is because it, it it's not how we want to do stuff. That that kind of for me would be the ultimate measure of success because you only really learn about how well design principles work. I think is when you're going through the tough times, like, like when it's easy. That we can pat each other on the back and be like, yeah, look, look how digital we're being. We've got design principles, aren't we great? But yeah. actually, until until you really stress test them, it's that that's I think when you 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 get their value. I think it's interesting the culture change that it's like making happen. The fact that the more that people kind of role model them and like work in the open, I think some people maybe feel like they, you know, why do I need to work in the open? Because I just need to do my my work. But when people start to see the benefits of sharing, for example, demonstrating work in progress rather than something finished, and then they then maybe they get feedback from people or it opens up a connection when people start to see the benefits and it kind of creates that innovation culture happen. Yeah. It's hard to like measure it, isn't it? But I feel like you can see it happening. And I think the sense of having them there gives a more objective approach to whether or not to do something, whereas before it was... It's still opinion based, but it's a lot more structured. Having these set of principles that we that you can reference uh, to make decisions, which you've already kind of echoed yeah. um, mm. previously. Can you tell us a bit more about any day to day success stories or examples where they are making a difference? Yeah, so I, I think I've kind of mentioned the mentioned the blog, mentioned the podcast, um, I, I, and actually, I think also the amount of people that we have talking at uh, external events and and. And stuff as well. I, I think has kind of really shot up since we've. I, I think kind of the design principles almost validate that actually this this stuff is encouraged, and, and actually going out and, and and sharing what you're doing should be part of your job. It shouldn't be an extra part of it. So so that to me has been has been really encouraging. Um, 
I think actually what what I might do is maybe go a bit rogue as a guest on your podcast and maybe flip the question back because because you guys are um, a bit more closer to, to maybe the deli- actual delivery of stuff than than I am. So I'd maybe like maybe I'm going to become a host for the next two minutes and and I might actually ask you guys like like do you do you feel they've made a difference to either service design or UX and actually what it's like actually out in the field? I was thinking about this actually and although I couldn't recite to you the nine principles word for word, and I'm not sure whether anyone here could, but when I was evaluating the work that I do against the nine principles, I find that quite promisingly so, there's a lot of overlap between the principles and what we're doing, and I think that's primarily down to the culture that we've got within our directorate. Um, And a couple of examples is that one of the projects I'm working on at the minute is um, conversion rate optimization, so A-B testing for um, a specific product within CRUK and all of these tests have been that, are, that will be running soon have been uh, ideated and prioritized based on data uh, and that aligns with one I think that we treat our data as a critical asset and make decisions based on evidence so the decisions for this project have been based purely on on the data that we're getting from various analytical tools and then prioritized accordingly and that kind of aligns with how we want to work so it's it's completely objective and we yeah we've let we've let the numbers do the talking in that sense and and a, and a separate project is trial finder for clinicians that took probably the best part of a year to design and iterate and we started off with something a prototype we put in front of them that was so minimal and and purely functional didn't look the part at all looked actually pretty bad but uh, we got to a point over time where we got the functionality where it needed to be and and got the design where it needed to be to a point where we've delivered something that's actually really working and it, it is making a difference and and that aligns with one of the design principles which is we start small and develop iteratively and and that's just that's just one example but i think that's something that we do and we are very good at across the board yeah, so I've been talking to um, my team about this and my um, fellow service designer, Connie, was saying that um, using the design principles when you start working for a team is quite a nice way to kind of see where everyone's at and see where you've got common ground because some people may just really interpret them differently and work in the open, for example, can mean really different things. So just by using that at the start means you can kind of see where everyone is at and I think the work in in the open one's quite interesting because I think maybe a few years ago I'd probably be someone who doesn't really like sharing work until it's done and trying to unlearn all those like perfectionist (laughs) tendencies and really like finding the value of just like sharing things means that people help you and they'll come forward with things you wouldn't know about and it just makes everything easier especially when you're working in service design where you're trying to work with different teams across a service so we've been looking at volunteering and trying to improve the sign-up journey for volunteering and at the moment it's kind of reflects the internal organisational structures and that can feel quite big to work out how to change. So we're trying to start small and try to just make some parts better. But just by talking about it um, both internally, we can kind of share our learnings with the other teams and see if they can learn from our research. And also just externally, I've sort of found out that other charities are sort of doing the same thing. So in terms of kind of how we best use our supporters' money, from my perspective, it makes sense to for us not to all read create the will um, and share our user research and share learnings for example British Red Cross are doing lots of work on volunteering and various other charities and things like you know Twitter or Slack channels across charities are a good way to collaborate and I think you know just by 
thinking internally and externally how best we can be a bit leaner. I think it's it feels like you're a bit of part of a community and sometimes in service design it can feel really hard and like you're a bit alone and by working in the open it just makes everything better really. Well, I think what was interesting to me in that example is like, especially the stuff that Connie was saying, right, is if nothing else, the design principles give you a, a, a something to hang a conversation off of and, and, and I kind of think sometimes like it can be quite tricky just to get started on stuff. Yeah. And actually, if the design principles are a mechanism to help you do that and help you make decisions, I think that's only only a good thing. I mean, a step to to build upon the design principles might be for the directorate to start tagging successful pieces of work mm. with the design principles from which they, they kind of link to so that for other members of the team working with the business moving forward, we can then not just say these are the design principles, but these are the particular project spokes that, that we've mm. actually seen be successful using that as a philosophy. Yeah, and I think it's a good point around trying to remember them all. Um, sometimes I think I need to get them like, tattooed on my arm. But um, yeah, one have. of our UX designers... <laughs> I'm, I'm looking uh, at them right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, one of our UX designers, Katie Foster, has actually illustrated... Um, our design principles and made them into a poster so we can put them out around the office which is a quite nice way yeah. to kind of help people remember them and feel like it's relevant to them. Are there any other organisations out there currently who are making good use of design principles or anything else that you're aware of outside of CIUK? Yeah, so probably the two that, that, that kind of maybe had the most influence on our thinking was CAST or, or CAST, CAST, CAST? Probably depends if you're North Northern or South. Or south. <laughs> well, I'm okay. well, I'm going to say cast and, and, apo- and apologise in advance <laughs> if I'm wrong. Um, those those guys kind of came up with some great um, design principles for charities. So if you if you're looking for a base, if you if you're a charity out there who's who's, who's kind of looking for a good kind of solid base to build on, I definitely recommend checking out those guys. And obviously GDS as well have had a big influence on not I suppose just in my career in content, but but also on the work that. Um, that, that they've done with their design principles, and I kind of feel like before before we had our design principles, we in in a kind of old digital team, we were kind of just following the GDS ones without really knowing it. So those those guys are always worth a look. Um, I think probably what what I would say is that if you are out there kind of thinking about using design principles, definitely see what see what's out there. Use it as a base. Don't reinvent the wheel. But it's really important you, you kind of remember to use your own principles and, and not someone else's. You know, like I I kind of think that like sometimes with with design principles you also need to recognize like where you are as an organization and the kind of history and the politics and the baggage you have as an organization and, and where you want your organization to get to so like although kind of like we could have used the gds design principles and they could have fitted in with a lot of what we do quite comfortably like like we're not gds we, we have a different digital transformation model we have a different structure we have a different history and i think actually what i think the process of defining our own design principles has done is it's also made us kind of ask some some questions about who are we as a as a technology team you know where do we want our organization to get to in regards to technology and and you just don't really get to to answer those kind of questions if you just lift someone else's design principles wholesale I've seen that the NHS have also created new design principles Mm -hmm. and a whole service manual and they um, have been sharing that in the open and they seem really keen to work with health charities so I think you probably can get in touch with them Mm -hmm. as well if you're interested. And I think you might have already touched on this Chris but you've mentioned a couple of things that other charities could do if they wanted to get started Mm -hmm. with design principles. Is there anything else 
above and beyond looking at maybe some of the competitors are doing in terms of cast, in terms of GDS, that kind of thing? Yeah, so, yes, yeah, so, I mean, obviously, the, we, I just spoke about kind of not just lifting other people's yeah. wholesale. I, I guess kind of for me, the other things are, we, it, was, it was really useful to kind of, um, as I've mentioned, I suppose, involve everybody and, and get everybody to, to write them because, again, you're never going to get people to, to kind of live by the design principles if they don't agree with them. And it's a lot harder, it's a lot easier, sorry, to get somebody to agree to something if they help write it. Um, so that's one thing. I think there's also something that my boss and our, our director of, of design, deliver and change, um, Catherine Howe, said at the start of the process, which, which kind of resonated with me quite a lot, which is like, don't make them sad laminated bits of paper, which is like, you know, in a lot of organisations, you'll you'll have almost these like propaganda posters, you know, that, that are kind of dotted up and that like basically they say that like, we care about our people and then they're just stuck on the wall and then like that you don't really care about your people you just you just printed something out you know and and i think actually finding ways to tangibly tie them to the work that we do in and actually yeah. talking about them and sharing them and getting people to see them as something real and tangible is, is super important because the worst thing in the world would be if you go forward of this effort you make these incredible principles you have, have this amazing workshop about it and then you, you you stick them up on the wall in your office and you just forget about them and, and i think that you know, trying to consciously avoid that is is something that's really driven a lot of the work we've done around tying it to the strategy and and, and stuff like this podcast and and helping show people how um, how they can be when they're they're really brought to life. Is there anything else about design principles that you'd like to share with us? Yeah, I mean, we we kind of covered a lot, I, I guess, and I think I I, I think it's, it might be worth touching on that that ethical design stuff again, just just because I, it's something I feel really strongly about it, but. I, I do think that like design principles have the potential to be so much more than just a way that you create services. Like, like I think if you can figure out how to get your design principles to encompass the, the kind of culture that you want and the culture that you have and kind of how you want your digital or your tech function to, to kind of affect your organization and I suppose like in a broader sense like affect the world. <laughs> I don't know, like, like there's, there's a lot of chance there's a lot of opportunity for you to to see design principles as like a real mechanism for change. And I think the best design principles have, have real transformation at their heart. And and to me, moving beyond the idea of like design principles just being a set of operational stuff is, is so, so important. And I think the organizations that, you know, that I mentioned before, like GDS, like like they're, they're the guys that, that get that and the design principles are at the heart of their transformation mission. So... I think mean, really for anybody out there who's considering using design principles, just just really think about how can you how can you use it as that mechanism to turn your organisation into the type of organisation that it I suppose that it needs to be in the in the twenty first century. And that's that's quite a heavy thing to end on, isn't it? Be but the change you want to see in go. the world. Yeah. <laughs> Little There's bumper sticker slogan. Yeah. <laughs> so thanks for listening, and hope you enjoyed hearing from Chris. So you can follow Chris on Twitter. He is at FloodMeUp if you want to follow him. And if you'd like to hear more from the technology team at Cancer Research UK, you can find us on our LinkedIn showcase page. Um, you can also read the technology blog uh, by going on to medium.com and searching for Cancer Research UK tech team blog. And if you'd like to get in touch with the podcast team directly, you can now send us an email to techteampodcast at cancer.org.uk and we would love to hear from you. Links will be included in the show notes for this episode as well. Thanks to Steve Burke for producing the podcast. Thank you to everyone who gave us positive feedback on the last episode with Rachel Xavier, who came on to talk to us about the future of work. 
That episode is still available to download now if you'd like to listen. And while I'm biased because I work with Rachel, I really recommend it. If you like the podcast, please share it on your networks and don't forget to leave us a review and subscribe. Yeah, five stars only. <laughs>